afternoon, good evening, whatever time you're hearing this. Thank you for joining us on the House of Honor podcast. You know me as Danny, and today joining us is Ant. Ant, how are you today? Good morning, mate. Afternoon, evening to whoever, whatever time of day you guys are listening to this. I'm very well, thank you. Uh, I'm quite tired. Um, stayed and watched Raw last night and cracked on through. With a uh, sponsored by coffee for the for the rest of the evening to record this with you, my friend. More than happy to do so. <laughs> um, I saw a cartoon yesterday, and it said Mania is going to be the longest Mania ever. Um, Seventeen matches. So a little uh, a little cartoon of um, Barney off the Simpsons. Oh yeah. It's just put rather than saying beer injected into my veins, it's just got monster energy just to try and get through the show. Um, yeah, I, th- I think I was talking about this with uh, another friend yesterday. I think it's only a matter of time now before they incorporate NXT uh, takeover into it and mainly becomes a weekend and it becomes a two day event. <laughs> it just doesn't stop. It goes for forty-eight hours without a break. Yeah, I can I see it happening. I think it'll be the only way to stop the likes of Ring of Honor and other promotions actually having shows if they just have non-stop WrestleMania from Friday to Monday. Just lock it in the stadium. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. That's it. Once you're in on Friday, you're a captive audience, and you're not allowed out until your flight leaves. <laughs> Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Well, as you're new to this podcast, um, and just for everybody to get to know you, how did you first get into wrestling? Um, well, I'm, an old, I'm, I'm a lot older than yourself. I mean, thanks for the invite, first of all. It's much appreciated. Um, for me, it was... Now, I know a lot of your listeners will, obviously, like everyone else, it was WWF that you know, we kind of all watched first. But when I first started watching it, it was Wrestling Challenge on Eurosport. Very classic. Wasn't it's got even a, on Sky. It's got a certain ring to it, doesn't it? Though uh, a gravitas wrestling challenge. Yeah, it was. It was wrestling challenge, and um, and it was. I can't remember what it was called, but it was ultimately. It ended up being the two-hour program that Bobby Heenan, Gorilla Monsoon presented. You know where? Prime sat, time. Yeah, prime time. That was it, and then he sat at a table and. You, they, they tell you the story of the match and then they, they go, we join it with like four minutes to go. <laughs> so you, yeah, and I, it was kind of watching that and then... Um, but that the, was the thing with prime time though, that was the only one that didn't, it, it, it didn't show just squash matches. It only showed you a little bit of the matches, but they were, they were quite big matches that you saw. Yeah, it was, and it was it was previewing, and it was leading up to shows that I'd never heard of called WrestleMania and SummerSlam, and, and we, we, I mean, at this time we've got a all but wish Blockbuster Video rest in peace, here because it was actually Blockbuster Video where I discovered there was a wrestling section. So of a Saturday afternoon, you know, we'd be head to Blockbuster, and while. You know the, the the family videos are getting picked for, you know, su- Sunday morning or Sunday afternoon. What's that? You know, while everyone's chilling, it'd be me catching up with these shows called WrestleManias and some yeah. slams. So blockbuster video getting the big shout out there. Well, I, I think for a lot of us in the UK, that that's where we kind of ended up having to get our fix for it. Because, you know, in the days before, you know, and even then, once you heard about that, you read magazines and stuff like that, and it was tape trading. 
yeah. that's where I learned about this this other promotion called WCW, and then it's uh, it's ginger haired love child the ECW. <laughs> Yeah. See, I I was totally different. I started on WCW, yeah, and then late and then later found WWF. Um, so it's, it's a, I, it, everybody else is a bit strange to me. It's not me who's the strange one. Um, <laughs> I mean, someone so, said ITV used to have a WCW international show. It was like on at three o'clock on a Wednesday morning on ITV. Yeah, yeah, that's so, right. But yeah, I mean, I never ever caught that. I think the only reason I caught it is because my dad had seen it advertised on the listings. Yeah. Um, but it was strange. There was uh, we never had Sky up until uh, I think late ninety two. Um, no, early ninety two. Sorry. So yeah. it, it, it's been a bit odd. So, what are some of your best memories, matches, and wrestlers from that time? Well, the, the first WrestleMania I, I, I watched in its entirety was six. So obviously well, it was the larger than life main event. It wasn't. It was Warrior and Hogan. Yeah. But um, then the Toronto re- Sky Dome. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean that was. I mean, seeing something on that scale as well. And yeah. You, you know, it was. It was. You know, you, you didn't see. You don't see anything like that in the UK. You don't you know? I mean, Brit British wrestling. I remember going to one show at St George's Hall here in Liverpool. And they literally had hung a garden spotlight over the ring. <laughs> you know, it was, an, it was a, you know, God, was God an all star show. I don't even think it was an all star show. I think it was just advertised as American wrestling. And literally, yeah. there was this garden spotlight that just literally hung between two cables across the uh, the Milton floor. It wasn't, a, <laughs> it wasn't um, a tribute show, was it? I, prob- I think it probably was. The uh, UK I probably was. I remember a guy who was dressed like Earthquake. I remember. That. I remember that pretty well. I think he was just called Tremor or something. <laughs> you know, because obviously we don't get massive. But um, yeah, so like WrestleMania six, you know, and then I, I mean, it wasn't just Warrior Hogan. I remember. I remember. Now we know it's Diamond Dallas Page. You know, Pink Cadillac coming down. With rhythm and you know, blues, wasn't it? rhythm and blues, yeah. And Jimmy Hart. Uh, I remember being tickled. I can't remember the guy playing the piano while the Russians were singing in the bathroom in the shower. Yes. And the backstage <laughs> spots tickled me, but the interviews did as well. I mean, the likes of me and Gene Ogland. I kind of, I kind of gravitated towards him as much as. So that was it, and then I just kind of watched whatever tapes I could get my hands on. But I was one of those guys. I, what was it Bobby Heenan said? Everyone knew how the magic's done now. Well, you know how the tricks are done. And yeah. from an early, from an early, not an early age, an early wrestling age, so to speak. I wanted to be that guy. I wanted to know how the tricks were done. You know, you'd watch a match, and I, I knew what it was, and then, you know, I knew it for the, the yeah, you know, the illusion. Mm. You know, to to give it, a, you know, a, a polite phrase. You know, and you, you know, it was a magic show. But with our exactly. performance, and yeah, I, I wanted to know how the tricks are done. I think very much when you're growing up and watching it, and I, I was, so I would have started at the similar age as you. Um, I bought with WCW. Um, my 
big uh, intake into WWF was the uh, not the Flair Rumble the year before ninety one Rumble I think it was yeah so Hogan and um, but I, I look back at all the um, all the previous episodes I think we always knew it was a work um, but we did, we weren't really that sure how it was a work we didn't have yeah. this is what what's strange when we were kids teenagers we didn't really have the internet. We didn't even have mobile phones, and I know I keep banging on and sound like an old cantankerous bastard, but oh, by the way, you can swear on this oh, as well. Oh, can I? Uh, <laughs> um, but literally, if you were going into town to meet your mates and you didn't have your phone, uh, there, there, there was no really phones about, about at that time, unless these massive ones, which were dead expensive. Yeah. Um, like You were waiting for your mates and deciding, well, how long did we give them before the fuck off? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it was literally wait by the bus stops at St John's and wait for everyone to turn up. So to, 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 to type in um, how how has wrestling worked uh, on a machine, just it, it wasn't in our realm of reality yet, was it? I, but it, it also wasn't spoken about. There, there was like it, it was one of those strange things where. I mean, uh, at school, the, the people who watch wrestling, you, you kind of just knew who they were, and it was yeah. kind of unspoken. And then, obviously, then there was that second thing where, you know, is it fake? And, you know, it was the whole Father Christmas thing all over again. It was like, are you in on the comp? <laughs> you know, you had, you, you had to find out pretty quick, you know, which of your friends like pro wrestling and which of them were, again, that, that was the phrase I've always used about pro wrestling, are you in on the comp? Yeah, no, that's, and, that, you that's know, a nice way to put it. You know, I mean, uh, again, but I, I pro, pro wrestling's got a lot to blame for me at school as well. I mean, the the whole the whole time I thought I was the undertaker and I had two lads in my maths class up against the wall, rolling my eyes at the back of my head while the teacher's physically punching my arm to try and let them go. <laughs> uh, it, it always used to be maths for some reason. I was in the thick set of maths. So they never taught us at all. In fact, for two years, my my actual desk was a bookcase. I sat on a bookcase for two years. So um, there used to be times where you'd atomic drop one of the lads into class. Um, yeah, <laughs> Just I want, go flying I, through the door. Yeah, there was a lad. I'm going to name drop him as well. He, he'll, he won't listen to this. It doesn't matter. But I won't say a gorilla press will one bounce onto the teacher's desk during a math lesson. Lovely. Do you think? Do you think that's why you and Scott Steiner are so good at maths? Oh, I'm amazing at maths. I mean, yeah. If you'd had me, me, Will Vombie and Sandra in a match, yeah, they normally got a thirty-three percent chance. But you know, <laughs> uh, no, we're not. We'll not. We'll not go into Scott Steiner maths. It's too early in the morning here in the UK. No, it really, it really is. Um, it, it, there's never a good time for Scott Steiner maths, though. Let's be fair. But there's always a good time for beer. And do you like beer? I do like beer. Uh, I do. Uh, I used to play rugby, so it was kind of part of the job. Good lad. You legally right, have well, to drink. If you are, are a listener to our show, you can get a free case of craft beer. We'd like to thank you for listening, and with the help of our friends at Beer52, just go to beer52.com forward slash HOH pod, get a free case, perfect chance to get some special beers in. Beer 52 is the world's most exclusive online craft beer discovery club, searching out incredible and exclusive small batch craft beers from the world's greatest breweries and bringing them back to the members. Now, you're a rugby fan, aren't you? I am indeed. 
I don't understand rugby that well, as you know, because you've tried to teach me on that many occasions. Yeah, yeah. it's a bit like Scott Steiner match with you. But to, it really is. It's going to be a 52 case this month. It was a Rugby Nation case. You could try amazing craft beers from each of the six greatest breweries, including England's Five Point Juicy Pale Ale, Italy's Aura, which is an incredible Italian New England IPA, and Ireland's White Hag Little Thorn Session IPA. You can enjoy the carefully selected craft beers while watching the rugby or while watching the PPV. Mania is coming up. Also, you can watch it while watching... Drink it while watching on a club. Pick your favourite and rate them at beer52.com. You'll also get to read all about the beers in a 100-page ferment magazine, which comes free as part of the box. And as a listener to this show, you can try your first case for free. Just pay £5.95 postage. That's in eight incredible craft beers, ferment magazine, and a beery snack delivered next day shipping. It's really a no-brainer. There's no commitment, and you can just take the free case if you like. Try the beers and see what you think. If it's not for you, you can pause or cancel at any time. Don't miss the chance to get the beers in for this WrestleMania season. Um, I have tried some of these, and um, the White Hag Little Thorn Session IPA is delightful, uh, as are many of the other lovely beers that I was able to consume. Um, just let you know, that's www.beer52.com. That's the word beer and 52 dot com forward slash hoh pod and have a beer on us just to let you know (laughs) i think you should if you don't like dark ale you just need to tell them and they will be sending you a case full of white ale right and let's move on to our um review of the roh 17th anniversary show um this is held in samstown in las vegas first of all what did you think of the uh the actual building itself i like the intimacy of it I must admit, I um, for for those who who are listening, Danny's kind of getting me more and more into Ring of Honor. I'm kind of an old school, traditional. I like you know I watch the big show and not a lot else. So uh, for me, uh, I went into it with no expectations, no you know there was no preconception of what I was going to watch. So. When they announced it, and you know, they said they were in Samstown, it was like you know, a room in a you know, a, a hall in a casino. I, 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 w- I wasn't sure was I going to expect an old school ECW environment, and it didn't. It, it looked, you know, it, it looked really good. It was, you know, it was, it was lit really well. I used to be a, a, a listen to JR's podcast, and he always, I know he always used to bang on about Ring of Honor and Sinclair, better lighting, slow the talent, that you know, the wrestling down, and he'd say that every week. Um, the crowd, you know, they were into it right from the get-go. Uh, I, you know, the the venue was not... I, I, I like the clever little opening as well, you know, when they were going through the history and all that, and then Max Haven interrupted it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I like that. It was, a, it was a better work than one of the old DX SummerSlam, you know, where mm. Shawn Michaels ruins the, the pre... you know, the opening tape. Yes. I liked, I liked how they did it, and I liked how Max Haven, you know... For, for me, who has just been catching up on the last couple of episodes of the shows and, you know, the whole story of Matt Haven being the uncrowned, unofficial Ring of Honor world champion and all that, it, it was very succinct, it was very precise. And for Matt, someone watching for the first time, you got it. Jay Lethal was the world champion, Matt Haven believed he was. Yeah, it's great. Matt Haven's a fucking superstar in the making yeah. as well. Um 
although very controversial on wrestling newspaper podcast because Daniel, who's our lovely friend from Preston, um, hates Matt Taven. Um, yeah. uh, that causes me to hate Daniel. Oh. So, <laughs> uh, we start off, um, and, and again about the building, you're absolutely right. Something that ROH has struggled with for years is the lighting and the production of the building and making it look something good. Um, when the, you, you're aware of the Olympia, obviously, in Liverpool. Yeah, of course. Um, yeah. When ROH film at the Olympia, they film with a hard camera facing the stage. Yeah. And you know how beautiful the balconies look. WWE yeah. when they've done NXT, they filmed hard cam facing towards the balcony, and it and it looks so much better. Um, it, it, it does. I mean, I I mean, I know it's a total aside, but I always smile with pride knowing that we did a boxing show there and out drew Triple H, and he had two nights. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's the yeah, end. I, I will dine off that forever. But that's another story for another time. But yeah, I liked. I like that, um, you know, so with the way the hard camera is, if someone's coming down, you can't see it unless they're not, obviously, they're not using the hard camera at the time. Yeah, the the problem is that the, the, they've been like that for a lot of years because they've had to be, they've just, they've made it in television in an easy way. Now that they have the Mitre Sinclair, Sinclair broadcasting with them, yeah. it's a different style now. The, the stages are all well lit, the... Um, there's a uniformity to the shows. Sam's Town is a bit like Centre Stage, where they've been recording the last batch of television tapings. Yeah, of course. It, it's small, but it looks bigger than it is. Um, I, I, it, think, it, I think, well, sorry, Dan, what I liked about it, it's full. It, you know, yeah. you see a lot of shows now, especially the big company, where it's tar- you, you can tell a lot of it's tarped off. Um, what Definitely. I liked about it, every seat was full. That's, That's it, mate. Nice. Um, these and what's what's good is if you were, I've always wanted to do it because these anniversary shows when they do them in Sam's Town, yeah. they have the TV tapings are recorded there the next day. Yeah. So if you're you're a fan, you're spending the weekend in Vegas. Yeah. Bit of wrestling, bit of beer, and a bit of uh, gambling. It sounds yeah. good to me. Yeah, I mean it's 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 an ideal setting. It's an ideal venue, uh, and. It's it's one of those from what you said about Ring of Honor in the past, and from you know if it's not broken, why 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 change it? You know yeah. the format the format's working. Like you said, the shows obviously the full. You know how how the how the fill in the venues down. You know that's their business, but it's full. Yeah, and, and that, that's, that's what you want when you're watching it at home on TV. And it's going to be full for the G1 Supercard ROH <laughs> Madison Square Garden. Cannot wait for that. And that, we'll that's unreal. Well, we'll go through next week a preview yeah. of the show because we're literally two weeks, two and a bit weeks off that. Yeah. Um, first match, Kenny King versus Marty Scale. You've uh-huh. probably had um, some um, some sights of both Kenny King and Marty Scale over the years. Um, yeah. What did you think of the first match? Uh, I enjoyed it. I mean, Marty Scale, obviously, I know through obviously through the UK and then you know going to New Japan. Uh, it, with, with that with that match it, it's one of those I mean when when I'm watching it uh, with Kenny King I've seen, you know I've seen little bits of him and I know he worked for Impact as well you know and he did a little bit a little bit of time there as well um, for that it was, I mean the only the only thing I kind of initially struggled with is uh, for a lot of me is the, the heel face dynamic okay yep. 
you know, because, and I think that's a lot, especially when you watch British wrestling, you know, where they're a heel in one, you know, for one company, they're facing another. So, you know, in the past, I've been kind of always nurtured to see Marty Scale as a heel. Yes. So to see him play in the face in this in this match, you know, Kenny King coming off as the bad guy as the heel, it was kind of a, you know, it took me a few minutes to, to get that connect with okay, it. I, I mean, but once I was into it, I mean, I enjoyed the match. I mean, obviously, Marty Scales from, you know, watching previous episodes, you know, he's lining up a Ring of Honor World title match. He's got his match you know, with Nick Aldis coming up as well for the NWA world title. So I could see it being, you know, how it was being positioned. Um, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, it was a heel move to finish it for a guy who's going to be a face, you know, the, the, the umbrella to finish it. And I kind of like the symmetry that, you know, Kenny King's got a couple of wins over him in the past, you know, hooking the tights, feet on the ropes, you yeah. know, so it was a heel move to win the match by a face. Uh, yeah, I think Marty, you're exactly right in what you're saying. Marty's always been a cool heel. Uh, he's always yeah. been a heel that's got cheered. Um, yeah. I, I'll, I'll speak for myself in that. Um, what what I did like, though, with Marty and what impressed me was a couple of the variations that, that uh, he did. Normally, when you look at a match, and Bret Hart's a prime example, Bret yeah. Hart's a great wrestler, but you know every single move that he goes to. Oh, yeah, you know his you transition. Know coming, yeah. Side rush, leg sweep, second rope, elbow. You know, yeah. um, and I think everyone's in danger of doing that. The more that the, the that they perform, um, however, considering we're in Kenny King's home, hometown, I think the crowd are very much behind Marty here. Yeah. Um, the there was a where he jumps over onto the uh, over the ropes onto the apron, and yeah. Marty will normally do a kick when somebody's on the floor, yeah. um, and he actually did a, uh, a jumping. Tornado DDT. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also mixed it up with a six one nine and um, a spinning. Well, sorry, a twisting sent on from the um, from Kenny King that also looked really good. Kenny King's one of these things that one of these guys that I've always said it. He bores me. Um, he's always been around. He's yeah. a good wrestler. However, he his character hasn't developed since I first yeah. started watching him. And his move set and mindset hasn't changed either. Um, he, he's not bad at all. Um, however, he missed. There was um, I don't know whether you noticed it when Marty was on the top rope. He missed the European uppercut and missed by a mile. Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't. It, yeah, I kind of cringed. Yeah, it, it, thankful. Well, good thing about it, and I'm going to give a lot of props later on to the commentary team. Um, if that was WWE, they'd have tried to explain it away. Yeah, yeah, I've got, you know, I'll, well, I'll come on to that myself later on because there's a couple of things about the commentary. Yeah, but, the, um, yeah, mate, the, I, I, when he missed that uppercut, I, I could almost see Stephen Regal cringing, William Regal <laughs> cringing. <laughs> well, um, the, but the, the, I, I, what I liked is the, the, the commentary team, no solder, they just let it hang in the air like a putrid turd and then moved on. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah that, that's, that thing, yeah, that's a, a better analogy I cannot think of. Um, yeah, <laughs> they, they ignored it. And I, I did like that. It was like, the, you know, the, the, that, that old, the, there is an old phrase, accentuate the positive, hide the negative. didn't even just hide the negative. It just didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
We are going to move on now to the uh, TV title, uh, Jeff Cobb versus Shane Taylor. Um, What I believe, this was Shane Taylor's coming out party. Um, This was highlighting him in a very positive manner, despite a a defeat. Um, The one note that I've got here is they could have made more of it being about the TV title. The world television title has been held by lots of fantastic performers in ROH, and it's always had a certain gravitas. Yeah. Um, I don't think they made the most of that gravitas on this uh, on the show in terms of the highlights package, the commentary team, the way they were talking about it. I think this was much more about the match. Now, I believe Jeff Cobb is going to be a future world champion in many yeah. companies. Um, what was your thoughts about this match? For, for this one, again, again, I mean, because I've... I'm not really watching Ring of Honor again. I've I've kind of got the beauty of going into it with, with you know, learning about these guys. And so for me, what I liked was Ian Rick of Bonnie's commentary. For for a new guy into Ring of Honor, his style is perfect. Yeah. Um. So for me, I mean, I didn't really pick up on you know them not giving the weight to the TV title that you say it should have. But mm. again, being a WWF guy, being a WWE guy, I'm so, and I, you saying that now, I've suddenly realised how entrenched I am listening to Michael Cole on commentary going, this title was held by, and it was held by, and was held by, and was held by. Whereas yeah. with Rick Bonnie, I'm getting old school commentary, he's calling the moves, he's calling the history between the two guys. Yeah, and, but, um- yeah, so I, I see exactly where you're coming from. So, but again, as as a newer as a newer fan to Ring of Honor and a newer watcher, I didn't pick up on that. I was picking up. For me, he was telling the great story about you know how Taylor is, has you know made this march up the Ring of Honor ladder and how Jeff Cobb you know has wrestled around the world, but never you know this is the place where he's finally gaining momentum as a pro wrestler. Yeah, and, uh, the. That's that's very true. I think Shane Taylor's size works against him because he's he's shaped a bit like a um a pinball, isn't he? Um, yeah, he's a so he, Kevin Steen. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I don't know how that man has the ass, the, the size of the ass that he does. Um, but if he was if he was proportioned slightly differently. Him and Jeff Cobb would look equally as dangerous. I don't think they do, but I think he performs so well in this match. They, they, they did perform. I mean, they did do. I mean, towards the end of the match, you could see Taylor was gassing. Yeah, you, you could see it happening, and I think you know, given longer matches and given time, that's something that. But again, I mean, you know, the likes of Jeff, you could tell you, you know, like I agree, you know, I agree with you, you know, if this is like Taylor's, you know, jump on a major world stage, and I think Cobb was the perfect guy to have it because it was two big guys hitting each other with big moves and considering the more technical match we'd had with Scale and King and with what was to come it, you know, it, you know, it was nice to just have two big guys just you know, beating lumps out of each other Bright light said it gonna set my soul gonna set my soul on fire Got a whole lot of money that's ready to burn So get those stakes up higher There's a thousand pretty women waiting out there They're all living the devil may care 
And I am just a devil with love to spare So Viva Las Vegas Viva Las Vegas How I wish that there were more than the 24 Right, we got up to where you said that um, Shane Taylor looked gassed. Um, however, um, right. go- yeah, um, for, for for me, yeah, I mean, the, you know, this, yeah, like you said, you call it Taylor's coming out party. I think I think this is where he starts heading from the mid card, you know, to towards the, the bigger stage, and, and for Cobb again, I think it's going to be his natural progression onto eventually putting his name in the mix towards world title shots down the line. I think eventually yeah. Taylor takes the world TV title off Cobb. Yeah, and I think it it, it will happen, but it'll be yeah. it'll be with with Cobb moving up the card um, after it, not chasing back. Um, That's it. I was... think um, yeah. What was it? Oh God, what was his name? Blah, 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 blah. Caprice Coleman. Yeah, I think he referenced it. I think he kind of hinted if there's a third match, you know, Taylor will down the line. Taylor will take the title off Cobb. I yeah. can't agree with him. Well, just I'll I'll. To sum up uh, what my thoughts on this match, Jeff Cobb, some of the suplexes that he was hitting, suplexes that I you don't normally see, yeah. exploded suplexes, pump handle suplex. I haven't seen a pump handle suplex for years. Um, when he went into the closing or the finishing of this match, um, you hit um, Shane Taylor, hit Cleveland Destroyer, um, which is for two guys that side to hit to hit a destroyer off the ropes. Yeah. And then it really close to count. The crowd were both up, standing ovation. Both these guys was being uh, being chanted, which I think is a huge achievement for Shane Taylor, who plays a very dislikable character. He's not a cool heel, and for this performance, for the fans to react in such a way, um, I think it was fantastic for him. Yeah. Um, and then. Jeff Cobb hits two tour of the islands as finishing move, which yeah. is kind of that reverse slam, which looks completely different. And it's one of my favorite finishing moves at the time, yeah. uh, at the moment. Sorry, uh, so it was a great match and it was a seminal moment for Shane Taylor, in my opinion. Yeah, right. This is where Ring of Honor sometimes lets itself down a little. What did you think of the women's match? Uh, it was Mayu Watani versus Kelly Klein. Um, if I'm absolutely honest with you, I was glad when it was over. Yeah. Uh, the, the, you know, the, the whole thing, I mean, again, I watched, you know, the, the, the little preview video they did toward, you know, they did towards it when, when, when I sat, when I sat and watched it, uh, for me, it, it just, it, it looked a little too Kyrie Sane NXT for me. I think I think they watched the the Kyrie Sane Shayna Baszler matches, picked all the bad bits. I, I, and I'll be honest with you, it's something. I mean, again, I, you know, I, I I need to apologise. There's going to be people who are going to listen to this and go, Jesus Christ, he doesn't have a clue. And I don't really when it comes to Ring of Honor, I don't. So uh, you know where my comparisons come from are from what I watch. And I, I think me, I think people appreciate a fresh eye on a product, though, mate. You don't sell yourself short. For me, what I what I kind of watched was Atani and Klein. It was it was almost as though the the producers backstage had watched all the bad bits 
and the carries in Shayna Baszler matches and gone, we'll do that. Yeah. No. Okay. Uh, I mean, I I didn't I didn't like like the match. But one thing I did pick up on, um, and I, I said I was going to jump up on, and later on is Nick Aldis's commentary. Um, the, some of the things that he says, he, he purely puts it. You don't really get it so much anymore. Ring of Honor have guest commentators, and a lot of them are wrestlers. So Cole yeah, Cabana, yeah. Dalton Castle, um, Nick Aldis, he. he Speaks so nicely. For, I mean, he's an Englishman, but he, he's he's an Englishman in the proper sense. He speaks the Queen's, and yeah. he was talking, and he looks fantastic. Um, he was talking about <coughs> boxing yeah. and the money in the bank body shots. Um, so apparently, in boxing, when you hit somebody um, with a body shot, they're saying it's money in the bank because yeah. you know that's going to weaken them later on. And yeah. I love those little insights. I've got to give him absolute props to the commentary up to this point and even into the next match as well. Right, I think we're going to start disagreeing when it comes to the next match with Nick Aldis' commentary. However, yeah, I get where you're coming from in this one. Um, uh, f- for me, it, it, it's kind of, again, the, the commentary styles on, on this match, it, it was... I've, I, for this one, I've got a feel for Rick and Bonnie a little bit because he, he's he's trying to make this match sound, you know, huge, and he, he couldn't do it. Uh, it, and it wasn't his fault, you know. He's working and literally what what he what he's watching. Um, for for me, Caprice Coleman went for a piss during this match. Uh, mm. I, I I don't like him. I, I don't know what it was. Well, again. I, th- I think well, I'll go more into that during the main event because I've, there were issues for me with the comms during the main event as well. Right. But I, I felt I kind of felt for Rick and Bonnie in this one. I don't, I don't think Coleman. Um, he's been doing it on and off maybe for about eighteen months. Yeah, and I he's certainly not up to uh, in Rick and Bonnie's level. Um, he's certainly not up to Colt Cabana's level. Um, but it, it is what it is what it is. Got, Ring of Honor's team had a great loss when they lost Kevin Kelly. Yeah. Um him and Nigel McGuinness um were absolutely fantastic to listen to. Yeah. Uh, obviously Nigel's gone one place, Kevin Kelly's gone the other. Yeah. Um now we move on to what was supposed to be um uh, Tracy Williams and Mark Haskins versus TK O'Neill and Vinnie Marsalia. Um, yeah. the, the the kingdom gimmick for me is so good. It's very marmite. If you if you like it, you like it. If you don't, yeah. you don't. Um, the Vinnie Marsalia is the horror king, um, and he does. Whenever you see the red balloons go up, you know he's going to appear from somewhere. And I thought that's just it's a fantastic uh, way to introduce somebody. Um, now, it was supposed to be a six-man... Um, well, sorry, it wasn't. It was supposed to be a, a tag team title match. Yeah, yeah. Um, not even a tag team. I don't know what I'm saying. It was supposed to be a tag <laughs> team match. Um, but Matt Taven comes out and talks about disrespect, disrespect and destroying his world championship belt. Yeah. Um, and he calls Jay Lethal out. Um, again, going into Aldous's commentary when he does finally come out... Um, very much around the the aspect of the psychology of the fighter yes. in terms of he's not warmed up he's he hasn't stretched 
Matt Havens having a psychological advantage. Yeah. Um, obviously, this match was the longest on the show. Um, what I've noted here, and for me, I, to, uh, I, I love this match. However, I put down, I wrote down on my notes that the ROH needs to pay far more events, um, far more respect to its title belts. Um, having the ROH TV belt and hardly mentioning it during the match, and then having the ROH title on a mid card. Yeah. Um, and it shows how wrong I can be. It shows sometimes as wrestling fans, we like to criticize straight away yeah. and don't like to see the full storyline out because we don't know where they're going with it. Yeah. Um, the match started, um, it went, it started as a very slow build, I thought. What are your opinions on this match, Ant? Uh, well, I mean, with it having been the, the length of time it went, I, I don't know if you want to, we'll break it down to sections. For me, I wasn't expecting it to go the way it did. So the slow build-up, uh, I've got to totally agree with you with your analysis of having, you know, Nick Aldis saying about warming up and how it, you know, it could affect. And yeah. I like the way the match built on that. Jay Lethal, you know, again, that beautiful symmetry. You know, they've re- obviously Aldis and Lethal have wrestled each other in the past. So Aldis had all that insider info. And, yeah. you, you know, and then, the, then you've got Jay Lethal with that really slow start. So he can use that first five, ten minutes of the match to warm himself into it. You know, and where, where is Taven's trying to go for, for a quicker finish? You know, trying to take advantage before Lethal gets into the match. You know, so I, I did like the open to it, as you said, but going on down the line, mate, uh, I ended up totally invested. I lost track of time. Yeah. To the point that when the finish came, I was, what the fuck? Well, I think we lost track of the time because it wasn't mentioned. We knew it had gone long. Back, I didn't eat. Was it even? I can't even remember if it was announced with a sixty-minute time limit. Uh, I don't know, but we, we went. We went. Uh, I mean, standard. It, it that is standard ROH. It's twenty counts. It's an hour uh, for ta- for for world title matches. Yeah. So, but the commentary team never reminded us until the final five minutes um, how long this had gone. See, um, I missed that as well. I was that. I, uh, I missed that. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's. I think that's a good thing because you you did lose track of time. I lost track of time. I'll be honest. I was I was looking at the clock and thinking the fifteen minutes in now, and they're not even working towards the finish. This is quite a disappointing match. Yeah. And then it started going, and I, t- and I just thought this is just a really slow build. Um, uh, it was a great match. Um, what was also announced during this match was uh, Ian Riccoboni had his earphone from the back and it was announced that uh, the G1 Supercard, um, Jeff Cobb will face Will Ospreay in a title-for-title title match, the G1 Supercard, uh, ROH TV versus the Never Openweight title. Do you know which... what, again, you just reminded me of that because when I was watching the, the match. Um, one of the biggest compliments, and I've got to give to both Lethal and Taven, was... Um, for me, when it was going into the last five, ten minutes, the comparison I've got to make is a mega Ricardo 2. You know, when that went to the draw as well. Yeah. 
I, I I got to the point where the final 10 minutes, you watch matches and you're thinking, I don't care who wins this because I just want it over. Yeah. I was watching this and I was like, I don't care who wins this because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> if Lethal retained, I'd have no issue with it. If Taven won the title, I'd have had no issue with it. Yeah. And I felt pleasantly cheated when the bell went. Yeah, you did. I think you did. <laughs> It's hard to say that I felt happily cheated. Yeah, and I no, quite that's... happily watched that again in the garden. Quite happily. We look forward to it with Marty Scale in the mix. Um, obviously, yeah. there was there was interference oh. here from the uh, from the kingdom. Um, the red balloons went up. Vinnie Marsalia appeared from under the ring. Yeah, um, there was. Tables, there was baseball, but there were you know, it was just some madness. Yeah. Jonathan Gresh got taken out of his match. Um, it, we to go into this, you could do an entire podcast just on this. But yeah. another thing that I picked up on in this match was the level of uh, personal, I don't know whether to say how personable they were with each other, but. The amount of fuck you, Jay, fuck you, yeah. Matt, going on throughout the match, and that uh, you know that constant. You, you were cons- it must be an interest for somebody like you who's new into the product to see that level of hatred, and you really know that it's personal, don't you? I mean, it wasn't just that for me. It was nice to see it undiluted. Yeah, you know, you you, you used to now, you know, you, you know, the seven second delay. You know where stuff's beat out, or it's blared out, or this, or you know, the screen just fades to black for you know if the screen blacks for a second or two. Normally during a women's match, during a nip slip. <laughs> but it, 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 it was nice. To, it was nice to see that, and it was nice to hear it. And what I also liked was uh, there wasn't the whole New Japan, or especially when you get sport over here, and it drives me crackers. Where. We apologise if you hear any bad language during this live broadcast of a sporting event. Mm. You know, if you're going to be offended by bad language, turn, change the channel. It was nice not to hear anyone on the commentary going, or even referencing it. I, I don't. If they did, I missed it. You know, or if they did reference it, they didn't reference. I don't think they did. Swearing. It was, it was one of those um, the the frustrations in the last ten minutes as they're both trying to hit each other with everything. Matt Taven selling that knee like an absolute. It was a, he was like a champ. It, it, honestly, God, it was like <laughs> how Steamboat used to sell a figure for. Yeah, you know, it, it was, and Jay Lethal trying to do everything to cut, hold on to the title. Um, I like the way the referee just let the schmoz in the middle just go. Yeah, you know, um, it's so easy to call a DQ there. What 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 I liked about it is the the fact that Jay Lethal and um, Matt have never hit each other with a foreign object in front of the referee. Um, oh. All the stuff that was going out, they made use of a ladder that was there. Um, they dived off that, uh, went for hail to the king, um, and hit the ladder. I've never seen anybody land on a ladder. Like that from an elbow drop before. Oh, it, it, the ladder didn't break. Um, no. Sorry, the table didn't break, I should say. Um, was it the table or the ladder? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was the. So we go into the end, and there's three. And throughout this match, there was more and more Matt Haven fans in the crowd. The 
crowd was so hot at the end of this match. Um, there was this is awesome chant. There yeah. was three super kicks from Jay Lethal, and then a, a, an audible shout of "fuck you." Um, yeah. Lethal injection. Two crowd. Two counts. The crowd absolutely explodes when Matt Taven kicks out, yeah. and the bell goes, and it's a time limit draw. Yeah. Great end to the match. It, even the, the, the two-camp kick-outs just before the end shows Matt Taven as going yeah. in strong. Jay Lethal's getting his move in, but Matt Taven's kicking out. Then the bell goes for the time limit. Um, I, I liked it. I mean, I, I, I must admit, I also, I, I also liked the way, you know, again, the, like the, the way it's like they do in New Japan, the dojo students coming out to try and help Lethal. Lethal's having none of it. Yeah, you know, you know, you know. It's like the match is over. Taven's winning this on a counter. Yeah, next thing, Lethal's like fuck you to the students, and in he gets. Um, the the bit for me uh, going into into the commentary was Nick Aldis couldn't make his mind up. Was he a heel commentator for this match or a good or a face? Because at one bit he's going on about Gresham getting battered, and then next thing he's calling you know the Kingdom Yellow Bellies for running away. And then <laughs> two minutes later, they're awesome again. Yeah, you know, pit, pit, you know, uh, with that the, one, it was like kind of pick, pick, pick a side, dude. It was yeah. almost like you'd forgotten what he said five minutes earlier. Mm. I think uh, the, the 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 other one that does that is uh, Nigel McGuinness, um, yeah. XROH commentator. He, he tends to do that, especially on noticed on two hundred five last week. He was he was doing something very similar. Um, it's it's JBL, I think it's the JBL style of commentary. JBL was the first I noticed that did that. Yeah. You know, halfway through, you know, he'd start the match at heel comp, then he'd go face out, and then at the end, he'd be like, you know, just bullying people. But um, I kind of noticed that. But, I mean, it did detract. I mean, that's a, it, it, it's just not, I think, it's like, the minor it, it, Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I was pleasantly cheated at the end when the bell went. I was expecting five more minutes because I I like that whole little conflant where the referees like that. No, the match is over, and you're wondering, you know, because you're seeing all the all like these important looking people at ringside. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, are they gonna are they gonna let this run? (laughs) And, And they didn't, and I sat there and I was like, fuck. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted the winner, but now I'm glad I haven't because you know I'm going to get to see it again. It builds it up exactly. Uh, at the end of this, when they were all laying flat out, Marty Scale calmly walks in, looking flash in his suit, yeah. and picks up the world title, looks it over the shoulder, um, throws it over the shoulder, looks at the two of them, and just walks out. <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was fantastic. I, I, uh, I just like one of the official-looking guys at ringside going, what the fuck are you doing? And he just shrugged <laughs> his shoulders and just walked off. <laughs> yeah, it, um, it, it, it keeps it interesting. Taven remains completely strong. Jay Lethal is... I mean, God, I mean, this guy, how he's still having match after match like this, you know, it's a testament to him. Yeah, I mean, he is. At last last year, he was working uh, CMLL as well, and it, he made such a huge impression over there. Um, for an indie worker to go over there and make such an impression, it was a big deal. Um, 
speaking before about JL and bullying, um, we go yeah. JBL and bullying. We go into this, which I don't know how you feel. Um, Mega Ram comes out, and every time you're at a show or you're watching a show, and some celebrity that you've never heard of comes out um, yeah. to do the theme song, it's always a bit like <sighs> J- uh, Bully Ray comes out, and to me, he is the finest true definition of a heel in pro wrestling because this day and age, everyone needs to sell merch. Um, Bully Ray doesn't give a fuck about anyone. He will go out and say an unpopular opinion and he'll live, he'll live up to it. Yeah. Um, I thought some of the shit he was saying to Megaran, who's doing the ROH going to the garden theme. Um, I thought some of the things he says was hilarious. The way he spoke to them, calling them geeks, um, yeah. it was fantastic. But the, he basically runs them off out the ring and gives a very cryptic promo, offering anyone from any company who's retired or active from any company or not with any company um, an open challenge. Uh, I think it was a New York street fight yeah. at the Garden. And he referred at the end, um, you just can't, you know who I'm talking about, you just can't stand Can't stand the fact that I got the better of you, punk. Now, do I think CM Punk's coming back for this match? No, I don't. But I have got absolutely no idea who he's referring to here. Uh no, I mean, I, I think he said punk to swerve everyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, he's, he's done that because even, was it three years, four, two and a half, three years now, more longer since he, you know, took took his title and went home, so to speak. Mm. You know, the, the name Phil Brooks, CM Punk is still, you know, it gets a reaction, it gets a pop. Uh Ironically, last night, the first time, I mean, Raw was in Chicago last night, and as I said, I mean, for apologies for my voice and that our sound, the, the job of work, I work outdoors, and I'm finally a couple of days off, and I don't feel too great, but I ended up watching Raw last night, and it was in Chicago, and it, you didn't hear it once, and that's the first time in a long time that that's happened. Yeah, um, I would, I would agree with that. It's it's now at that time a bit more out of sight, out of mind. Um, he's not making himself visible either. Um, the the ironic say, thing is, he actually posted a tweet wishing uh, AJ Brooks, as you know, is a happy birthday. Yes, last night. I mean, that was uh, you know the, the well, it's you know a coincidence, isn't it? But I mean. I mean, Bully Ray, Bully Ray's promo for me, it's it, it's nothing, it's nothing new, but he, he does what he's he, he does what he's good at. Yeah, and he's done that since the ECW days. Obviously, he's had to tone it down from the ECW days. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a tad. Yeah, you, you know, no TV company in the world will ever, ever, ever to ask him to. Tell a mum to tell a daughter how to. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's yeah. pretty, but not, not anymore. Yeah, so, uh, I mean, but it, it it's it's Bully Ray doing what Bully Ray's done for over twenty years, and it works. It really does, and he does it so well. Um, I mean, this guy um, that came out, never heard of him. 
Uh, when he started doing that song, uh, I started singing Motorhead in my head naturally because <laughs> I was like, yeah, oh, yeah, okay. Um, I was glad when he came out. Yeah, well, that's that's good, man. That's good. Um, just, <laughs> yeah. uh, just, uh, just while we're on the CM Punk point, he's talking about. I have no idea. I have no idea. There's literally no idea. I've got a um, flip Gordon. I don't know. Um, they've done it, haven't they? It's um, it was. We'll see. We'll see. Um, Right, before we go any further and we uh, move on to these the final segments of the, uh, of the show, I just want to give a shout-out to Cerebral Customs. If you love collecting Funko Pops but get really fucking annoyed when you go to HMV and they're sold out of what you want, or maybe you can't find a decent Deadpool or even one of your favourite wrestlers that you love to watch, maybe Bully Ray, maybe CM Punk, if they don't have a Funko Pop and that you want to collect them. All you need to do, all that has now changed, and at Cerebral Customs, you can literally order any Funko Pop you want, from Stone Cold Steve Austin to Finn Balor, Wolverine to Iron Man. You decide what Funko Pop you want. The guys over at Cerebral Customs will make them to order just for you. Get them today with your, get amongst it today with your first order. Use our special discount code, Wrestling Newspaper, for ten percent off. Be sure to follow the guys at Cerebral Customs on Twitter. Um, and searching Cerebral Customs on Facebook and check out all the amazing characters they've already created and make sure you put in your order and to truly enjoy these amazing gifts, whether it's your birthday, whether it's somebody else's birthday, or whether it's just a Tuesday and you say, fuck it, I want a treat. Treat yourself and anyone else to a custom-designed Funko Pop with Cerebral Customs today. Make some of the stuff these do you will love. I know your daughter collects or did collect the Funko Pops. These are customised to their own uh, to whatever you want and they're also doing a new line called Wrestle Bears which are these really cute little bears that have like Bullet Club and DX um, on the t-shirts and on on the bellies. It's very good. Good stuff. Right, moving on very quickly now to um, the next match which was Roosh versus Bandido. Uh, you've probably seen Bandido from the All All In uh, shows. I'm not yes. sure whether you've seen much of him anywhere else. Yeah. Um, so, as as new eyes onto this, what was your thoughts on Roosh versus Van Bandido? Uh, so to be fair, I, I enjoyed it. I, I I enjoyed this match. Um, for, for me, it, it, it it's it's one of those. I mean, you you've got you've just had. A long, you've just had an hour match, yeah, for for the world title in the middle of the show. You just had then Bully Ray, you know, running down, you know, who's going to be the special guest at the garden. Uh, you're looking to pick the show back up in pace, and I thought this did it perfectly. I mean, some some of the moves, I mean, you know, people turn around and go, I mean, you know, you see, you see, you saw Canadian destroyers. Uh, one, I think there was at least one Hurricane Rana that looked horrible. Um, yes. But when you get two guys who do that high-paced, high-flying style, you do get a bit more, you know, botch, botch moves and things like that. Uh, for, for me, it you know, it, it looked at a decent little lucha match almost. But for me, I've got, I've got to say, Dalton Castle stole the bloody show. 
<laughs> he's fantastic. I mean, see, I've, I've watched Ring of Honor casually. I mean, as you know, I, I, I didn't watch the weekly stuff. I watched, I've watched the main shows, the pay per views. Yeah. And Dalton Castle, everything about him, I just love. It's over the top. It's overt. It's, it, it, it's designed to make a, a, you know, the traditional wrestling fan completely uncomfortable. Mm. And I love everything about that. And when he was there, and then you know, and at the end, the next thing he's checking up on them and all that, and you don't know where it's going to go. Is he going to batter them or is he going to go gold dust on them? <laughs> I, I, I like that. Uh, but for me, I, I mean, it again for the commentary, it broke it up from Nick Aldis and Clary. It, it was a nice change. Mm. He's, he's good fun. I remember. The last Supercard of Honor, they did a Festival of Honor, uh, where yeah. you have meet and greet and um, these Q and As in this major arena. And he's coming out. He's wearing yeah. a suit with these very sparkly silver shoes. Yeah. Um, I want to say sparkly. It's like somebody had painted them with glitter. Um, yeah. These slip-on shoes, and um, he said. Look at all you wrestling fans. He said, you don't look like shit. Um, <laughs> he said, if you want to come up and ask me for some fashion tips on the mic, please do so. Um, and I think I asked him where he got his shoes from. And he said, that's the first intelligent question of the night. Um, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was, he is very, very fun. But also, he's a legit wrestler, um, yes. a great junior, um, junior college and high school pedigree yeah. in terms of his yeah his I remember watching and it, and the, really... the video he did it went because he wrestled did he say he wrestled for two years with a damaged back yeah I mean, that, that's, going. That, that's the thing at the moment he was ring of honor champion and he just kept going and kept going yeah the the problem is he is a fantastic wrestler but unfortunately he's kept apart by string and chewing gum at the moment um he's had a lot of injuries um i've got to, I've got to ask because i'm not no has there been any drug issues with we know what the wrestling business is like you, not you to know? my knowledge not yeah. to my knowledge so well that's i mean to be fair that's a good thing because yeah it's been held together by string and cheery but ring of honor must have been looking after him to make sure you know, he didn't slip down that road. Yeah, to be honest with you, the there was. I remember an interview with him, and he, I think he said there was certain alcohol issues, but it was before his run with Ring of Honor. He he assessed them, and he's moved on from them, yeah. um, which is a good thing. But going back to that, uh, Roosh versus Bandido match. Um, Straight from the off, there was a hurricanrana from the apron um, by Bandido, and Roosh catches him. And just power bombs him through the timekeeper's table yeah. out of nowhere, straight from the off, which I thought was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, a couple yeah. of corkscrew, uh, corkscrew crossbodies off the top from Bandido on a Fosbury flop, which always looks amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, Rush for me, he did like a, a, a really impressive. It was an inverted go to sleep, uh, so it was basically from a torture act position straight into yeah. those GTS, which was very good, um, and. He finishes it with a huge, impactful drop kick in the corner, which, again, looked very impressive. Yeah. Um, Roosh, um, for me, is a powerhouse working as a, as an, as a high flyer. Yeah. Um, I, his nickname, which I love, the white bull, El Toro Blanco. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
it was yeah. I thought this match perfectly broke up one very very serious match <coughs> to what was an absolutely brutal street fight which I, we'll uh, I've got to say the close of the match that reverse overhead suplex good god there's yeah. a thousand ways that move could go wrong and it went so smooth yeah, it did. Lots, lots of very impressive stuff we haven't seen as well. For we haven't seen for a long time. The four fifty yeah. um, by Bandido on Rush when he was tied up. Yeah, the the board as well, wasn't it? It was just like, yeah. oh my god. It's good yeah, stuff. with that matches when the moves are done well, it looks great. When it's done badly, it ends up on Botchmania. Yeah, and I think as you said before, I think a lot of luchadors who have this high flying pace. They will always botch. However, the likes of Bandido is very, very smooth. He 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 doesn't botch as much as a lot of other. I, I, I've considered him to be somebody who can go really, really far yeah. um, in the business. And I mean, really, really far. Um, but we are moving on to what will now be the main event uh, after Matt Taven called Jay Jay Lethal out very early in the uh, in the whole program. Yeah, yeah, and it's. For the ROH World Tag Team title, um, the winners will face the IWGP Tag Team Champions, Gorillas of Destiny, at MSG in a title-for-title match at the G1 Supercard. And it's Villain Enterprises versus the Briscoes in a Las Vegas street fight. Before we get into the match itself, your thoughts on the two teams. Um, I know you'll... You, you will have seen the Briscoes over the years in ROH and New Japan. I've, and yeah, I've seen the Briscoes over the years as well. So, And the um, pair of um, Pierre-Carlo Lett and uh, the, uh, the, the absolute monster that is Brody King. Yeah, um, for, for me, I mean, the Villain Enterprises thing, you know, uh, again, catching up on it, you know, because obviously now, you know, Bullet Club has gone elsewhere. You know, so Paul oh, Marty. My friends are dead. That's that's what Marty had on his coat. All yeah. my friends are dead. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, they're all school brawlers, and that's how the match started. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's you know, I mean, it was it was chairs to get. You know, they they all got in the ring. Or they all picked up chairs, and you knew. I'm just going to have just... to interrupt you at this point. Go I'm ahead. sorry. Um, for some reason, there was a dropout in the recording just okay. when we were speaking there. Um, I've had to start recording, so if, if there is a little bit of a gap, we apologise for this. It'll all be tried to be edited together. Um, so, sorry, mate, continue where you were. Um, yeah. You were talk, talking about the main event. Yeah, you know what you get with the Briscoes. You, Definitely. You, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a brawl. They can wrestle. That's the thing. They can wrestle. They, 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 they do work so bloody well together. I mean, I know, is it... Oh, is it... Was it Marvel? Is it Jay Briscoe's held the world title? Yes, it is, yeah. Yeah, he got them on right. <laughs> Didn't even have any notes on that. I just remember one of them. and was like... But so, you know, they're not without talent. And I, I think, you know, especially... For 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 fans, just you know what the the Stanford product is, they see the Briscoes and turn the noses up at them. Mm. And I've uh, got to say that they are they are damn good at what they do. Mm. You know, the, the, uh, it was a bat, it was a brutal fight at the start, and I mean, I mate, I enjoyed the match. Consider it was the final match. I I completely enjoyed it. 
It was it was fantastic. I mean, the the Briscoes are a Ring of Honor mainstays, and they're loved by the fans. Uh, Brody King looks it looks an absolute monster. His his look is fantastic. Bro- um, Brody King, uh, sorry to interrupt you. Sorry, mate. But I think Brody King will end up in Triple H's pause in the next couple of years without a shadow of doubt. Yeah, he's he, he's what WWE love. He's a big man. He's got he he has got a specific look with the tattoos and the hair and the beard and stuff. He, yeah. He's got a, a certain look that, that that they can certainly capitalize on. Um, but fuck them. Um, <laughs> yeah. So for now, yeah. He started, <laughs> started back number chairs straight straight yes. away. Um, Mark Briscoe went for a Red Arrow style flip from the top rope to the outside on Brody yeah. King, and this just started at 100 miles an hour. Yeah. Um, there was a PCO who's fucking insane, um, did the Falcon Arrow slam off the apron, um, threw a table on Mark Briscoe, yeah. um, then lots of chops on the apron. But what, what I liked was did you see Brody King chopping PCO just to fire him up? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> PCO remind, it reminds me if Vampiro and Mick Foley had a child. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, uh, that I, 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 PCO, I just didn't get. You know, when I, and then next thing, when, when Brody King's chopping him, and I'm like, like, are we going through, you know, where are we going with this? But again, it, fresh eyes, I enjoyed it. And then once I suddenly realised what he was doing, it was just a fire up, and I was like, dude, I mean, I've just watched the opening 90 seconds of this match. You do not need to fire this guy up anymore. <laughs> PCO, for me, he's just one of the success stories that come out of the WrestleMania 34 weekend. Um, he's back on the scene. He had a fantastic match with Volta in, um, in Evolve, I think it was. Yeah. And he had the match what some called the match of the weekend and it just faulted him and he's just he's 50 and he's took advantage of it JR tweeted him the other day um, oh I saying, saw that yeah and he's basically saying you know thank you for your concern JR he's very polite but he said people um, people injure themselves and strain themselves doing a job that they don't love um, I'm I'm doing something I love he's in his 50s and he's just his, yeah. his passion for the business has been reignited completely. I mean, I saw, the, co- I saw the comment. I mean, it was over the, the, the bump he took with his back to the ring apron, wasn't it? And yeah. JR said, Why? And he turned around and said, His reply was very polite again. And it was like, I could say the same thing about, you know, why didn't you say why when Mick Foley went off the cell? And mm. it wasn't it wasn't disrespectful, yeah. And, I, you know, that was, I mean, for, for this, again, I know we keep mentioning the commentary. The commentary style flipped for it again. It was a fun match. It was a brutal match, and the commentary reflected it. Yeah, um, the, 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 the there was a point where they were fighting outside the ring, and the Brody King has got the both Briscoes. Yeah, and PCO was on the ramp, and he shouts, "PCO, do something insane!" <laughs> and he yeah. just went. <laughs> just went flying off the ramp at them and then the Briscoes sort of caught him and yeah. mid-air backdropped him onto the ring apron I think that's the spot that they were talking about yeah it was yeah. so he, he gets up from that and he runs at them again after a few after a few minutes of selling and they, they do the same again to him when he lands on the ramp it was, yeah. it was brilliant and at this point you notice that um, 
uh, Jay Briscoe's got an absolute face full of blood. Yeah, um, that was brutal, that, yeah. There wasn't a bit of skin that was untouched no, by that, no, was no. it? No, I mean, to, to be honest with you, could, could, again, know, knowing how the things, how, how this is all done, that, that dude's got a dusty road forehead. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that, that, so. that, didn't take, that didn't take a lot of opening up, and that was a fair bit of scar tissue that opened up there. But my God, I mean, there was, there was stuff I was watching in there. I mean, like you said, PCO for his age taking that bump doesn't doesn't need to do it. I mean, you know, Brody King got out of those kendo sticks. Oh, I was wincing. You you haven't seen a kendo stick used that roughly since ECW, have you? Um, I think the last time I saw I saw something like that was seen at Orton. Yeah, I quit. You know we. Where Orton had, uh, you know, seen a hook to the top rope, yeah. or to the to the pillar, and he was literally, um, oh, no, but actually I have seen it quite brutal recently, and it was Becky Lynch when she was swinging at Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte Flair, mm. but this, yeah, yeah I mean, I, I think, yeah, but this was, I mean, God, God Almighty, I mean. It, 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 it's one of those again. PCO got busted open off one. Whether that's mm-hmm. hard way or not, I don't get. I don't give a toss. You, you know, <laughs> haven't played haven't played rugby for years. You get what I mean. I know what concussions feel like. And for yeah. the, the when the four of them got backstage, I, I just I, I do hope and pray they all got checked out. Yeah, I'm totally. sure we will. I hope got... so because. Mate, the four, the four of them, the, the, you know, they've sent the crowd home happy. Definitely. But, but for what they did to do it, mate, it was, I mean, it was just, you could tell, I mean, at, at the end of the match, they had nothing left. That was bowling shoe ugly. Well, yeah, we'll get, come on to that in a second. Yeah. Um, so at this point, there's been... Um, there being some goings on, and it ended up with PCO in the ring with both Briscoes, who were both smashing him with the kendo stick, oh, and yeah. he was asking for more. It's at this point, some of the commentary was, it was like I was watching um, Blazing Saddles again, and you know where they said about <laughs> Mongo, don't yeah. don't shoot him, he'll only annoy him. Um, yeah. And these sh- so Briscoe, um, PCO grabs the kendo sticks, breaks both of them on his neck. Yeah. Which leads to leads to a segment where I think it was Mark Bristow, Briscoe, no, Jay, Jay Briscoe, sorry, stabs he stabs PCO in the heart with a fucking ke- broken off kendo stick. Yeah, and it just looked brutal. Um, I've never seen and that before. I was before. like holding it to his throat as well, weren't they? Yeah. I was like, dude, uh, am I going to watch someone die in the end of a show here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but. The we move on to the end of this match. Um, and we will have to address that pile driver. Um, oh. basically, um, PCO tries to pile drive uh, Jay Briscoe off the apron through a table. It was a big botch, missed the table, but kind of hit the edge and the uh, the apron as well. Um, looked terrible. Um, but again, what I loved is everyone just got on with it, yeah. there was no there was no dwelling on it. It was just moving straight on, um, and then we went into the uh, to the finish. Um, it was uh, 
Brody King drags uh, drags Jay Briscoe into the ring and puts a chair on him. At that point, it's a picture perfect moonsault from PCL uh, yeah. for the win and a new tag team champions and uh, one of the best, most fun uh, out of your seat matches I've seen for 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 a long time. I think for me, I mean, obviously with the, the hour-long main event and then you're suddenly questioning the positioning in this match at the end. And when you, obviously with the finish of the world title match, the finish of the world tag team match, whoever decided to put the world title match in the middle of the card deserves a pat on the back. <laughs> well, again, yeah, because I mean, imagine to... if that had ended the show. Yeah, it... It was because of the slow build and because of the long match, it wouldn't have sent people home happy um, in the way that the, the draw went. This was perfect to do. Um, so it just shows, like myself and I wrote down about not treating the titles with importance. Yeah. Let the uh, let the storyline play out in the future and then judge it at the end. Um, so I think we're going to gonna leave that there, mate, just before we go. Have you got uh, anything you want to plug? Because I do know you're involved not only with ourselves, but in a couple of different um, media outlets. Yeah, um, ju- just briefly, I um, work with House of Scouts television, House of Scouts on- online. Uh, we cover events in the Liverpool area. Um, we just covered recently Liverpool Comic Con. We're looking to cover the for the love of wrestling uh, weekend as well. Uh, we also do charity boxing shows and do fundraisers for uh, Waterloo Primary School, which has an autism unit. Uh, you know, it's a great cause uh, to make sure that, you know, autistic children in, you know, in Liverpool, you know, get as good an education as everyone else. Um, but yeah, and the, the the sporting guy blogs kind of have kind of taken a backseat to the to the work we're doing with the House of Scouts at the moment. But you know, um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at House of Scouts TV. Um, but to be honest with you, I'm delighted we finally got to do this. I know it's something we talked about for a while. Yeah, um, no, um, mate, good. I'm I'm delighted for you, and obviously, I wish you and the guys every success. You know, you, you you deserve it, buddy. You truly no do. No worries. I appreciate that, mate. So just uh, from all of us here at the Wrestling Newspaper Network, if you do want to catch up on uh, old impacts, uh, Impact shows, you can catch the Impact Zone podcast with our good friend Sean. He's a miserable old southern git. Um, he's not really old, but he is miserable and southern. Um, you can catch up with the Wrestling Newspaper's main podcast show with Daniel, and you can also catch up on Shoot Talk, which discusses a lot of the happenings and goings on with Martin. He normally gets himself that wild up. He gives himself uh, heart attacks actually on the podcast. Um so you can also join me on the House of Honor podcast, which is what we're doing. I do occasional Beer with Danny episodes, and we will be looking forward to the WrestleMania weekend with the WrestleMania Diaries, which me and Dan will be collaborating on. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, you can do so at House of Honor Pod, and you can follow me at ROH Dude. Thank you very much to Ant. I really appreciate him getting up this early in the morning, and look forward to speaking to him again. Thank you very much. Evil!